Welcome to the Prairie Heights Podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. It's bonus week, friends. Are you excited? I'm excited. It's bonus week, and what does that mean? We've been in a series called Four Walls, and when we began planning for this series, we planned six weeks. And today, if you're here for the first time, today is week number seven, and it is a bonus week. I just felt as we got into this series, I could just feel it. I could feel uh, God stirring. I could, I'm hearing stories of how your lives, my life is changing because of God's word through this series. And uh, I just felt like we needed to do another week and for sure I wanted to hear from you. I wanted to hear from you what are the things that you're struggling with inside your four walls that you wanted uh, me to talk about today. And so um, I remember back to the first week of this series and do you recall the one thing we said is as we laid out the vision that God had for four walls, we said, God, we need your help. God, we need your help to make Jesus the center of our homes. And so our number one goal, we've been saying it every week, and I want you to say it with me this last time. Our number one goal is this. It's up on the screens. Build a healthy relationship with Jesus so you can have a healthy relationship with others. Awesome. I pray weeks and months and years from now, you never forget that, and it stays with you. And so bonus week, here we are. And here's what we heard from all of you. Many of you responded and let us know what you wanted to talk about. Uh, Heard things like um, depression, anxiety, um, struggle with pornography, blended families, figuring out how to co-parent. And as you can see, the primary topic that people talked about was parenting, was parenting. Some of the other topics we're gonna talk about throughout the year, that gives me helpful hints of what's going on in your lives that we can talk about and ask God to help us with. But for today, we're gonna talk about parenting. We're gonna talk about co-parenting. We're gonna talk about blended families and and we're gonna roll it all into one and we're gonna talk about it for 30 minutes. And you know, I've got a really good friend that I've poured into um, for the last 10, 12, almost 15 years. And I love how she's been growing with Jesus. She no longer lives here. She was a college student when I met her. Um, When it was time for her, she started dating. We told her, you better bring that man to our house because we've got some questions. We want to meet him. We want to know about him. We want to know that he loves Jesus before you get married. And then uh, these two friends of ours, they asked us to be part of their wedding day. I got to officiate their wedding last year. And they FaceTimed us uh, this week and they shared some big news with us. And they said, we're having a baby. And we were so excited and we cheered. And then we said, hey, you know, we've walked with you through like dating and engagement and, and beginning to, of your marriage. Parenting, not our lane. <laughs> Sorry. We got an eight-year-old and a three-year-old, and we're just trying to figure it out. (laughs) So you're going to have to ask somebody else. But here's, uh, I just want to share that to share. Um, I'm excited for the word that God has for all of us, and I am right there with you. Kyle and I are right there with you. And it reminds me, and it should remind you, we all need Jesus' help. Without Jesus, we cannot parent 
in the way that would help our kids know more about him. So we need Jesus. So our key verse uh, for this series has, comes from Luke 6, 48, and it says this, it is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. And here's what that verse sounds like in real life. I'm gonna be a person who builds a house, who digs deep and lays my foundation on Jesus. And when life happens, when crisis hits, when trauma creeps in, when people disappoint me, when my kids frustrate me, I will stand firm because my identity is in Jesus. Feel that? That no matter what happens externally, no matter what circumstances are going on, no matter the chaotic life that can happen in different seasons, no matter the parenting challenge, I am gonna stand firm in my identity in Jesus. What that reminds us of today, what it reminds me and should remind you of today is that the only person that you can control is the person that you look at through that mirror each and every day. The only person that you can control is the person that, you, that looks back at you in the mirror every single day. You can't or shouldn't control completely your kids. Yes, do you have boundaries? And yes, do you, at younger ages, control the environments they're in? Yes, do you have discipline? Yes, all those things. But as they grow older, you cannot control them. You cannot control your co-parent. You cannot control the environments if you're part of a blended family. You cannot control the environments of what's going on if they're under the authority of the other parents during their time. You can only control you. You get to control your actions, your thoughts, your words. You get to control how you treat people, how you treat the people that are in your home and how you treat people that you are in a blended family with how you treat other people throughout your life because guess what? Your kids are watching and you get to choose how you love even when it gets hard. So parents, co-parents, step-parents, blended families, this one's for you, but I wanna remind us whether you're a parent or not today, we all have influence over kids. I wanna say a quick thank you to our Kid Venture volunteers and leaders who are with our kids every single Sunday birth through fifth grade, who commit their time and energy and effort and love our kids. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For all of our oxygen leaders, absolutely, every Wednesday night, who are with our students, who love them unconditionally no matter what they're going through, thank you, thank you, thank you. It means a whole lot that we can be a village together, that we can be a church family and help our kids be surrounded by people who love Jesus, so this message is for all of us. So today we're gonna discover, today we are gonna discover how to become the person who stands firm in their identity in Jesus through parenting. <sighs> right? It's like, whoa, I don't know if I can do it. You? 
I don't know. Let's take a lap. <laughs> Let's come back to it. <laughs> Seriously, when I read that, it's like, okay, <laughs> we can do it. How to become the person who stands firm in their identity in Jesus through parenting. We can do it. That's what we're going to find out today. Uh, I was anxious to become a parent. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait to be married. I love love. Like, if you don't know that already, I love love. Uh, still learn how to be a wife for sure. Help me, Jesus. Um, but I was anxious to be a parent. And it wasn't because I was afraid of like getting it wrong or figuring it all out. I had an excellent mom who I knew I could phone a friend, phone her up. Um, and I could figure out the different strategies on how to parent or how to, how to raise a kid. But I, as I look back, what I was really afraid of is everything I'd have to give up. So you want to find out how selfish you are? Have kids. <laughs> right? Privacy, gone. You will never have privacy again in your whole life, ever. Even with a locked door, I swear, they figure it out. Never will you have privacy. Um, what about when it comes to loading the dishwasher the right way? Never again. And what about uh, hopping in the car to go on a spontaneous weekend road trip? <laughs> you don't have a car anymore, you have a minivan. You are a minivan driver and you love it. And it's so good, it has great gas mileage and so much room. <laughs> the things you've given up, the dreams you've left aside. <laughs> but right, parenting, parenting. So to all the parents out there, it is the most exhausting, exhilarating, unfamiliar, adventurous ride that we'll ever be on. And here's what I know. A lot of times we live in self-doubt, don't we? Self-doubt as parents. Am I doing this right? How can I best help my kids at 2, 6, 16, 26? I asked my dad once, I said, hey, was it harder to parent me when I was in the house or out of the house? Without hesitation, he said, when you were out of the house. <laughs> I had no idea who you were with, what you were doing, if you were safe. He's like, without a doubt. So I, I guess I've heard parenting doesn't end at 18. <laughs> It continues. And so uh, here's the bad news. You're never gonna get it all right. I often joke our kids are gonna go to parenting or go to counseling for something. And that's a good thing. Uh, coming, I have a counseling degree. Both my husband and I have a counselor. We love counseling. And so from a counseling perspective, I found some really great news. It comes from Adam Young, and he is a licensed clinical social worker and trauma therapist. He also has a master's in divinity, which means he studied the Bible. He focuses on healing trauma through story work and integrates scripture, neuroscience, attachment, and therapy. What a good mix, what a good mix. So here's what he has to say. No parent is perfect, Whew. And no child needs their parents to be perfect. In fact, a child only needs their parent to get it right about 50% of the time. Yes, that's the mark of a good enough caregiver, 50% of the time. How does he define good enough? He defines that by creating a secure, positive attachment to the caregiver. So 50% of the time, parents, we need to create a safe, secure home. We need to create a positive environment that we can create an attachment, an emotional, relational attachment to our kids. 50% of the time, we can do it. I can do that, you can do that. So take a deep breath, know that you're not alone, 
And let's grasp just how important the role of parenting is for our kids. Friends, the number one thing, the number one thing that our kids need today is our kids need parents who are actively following Jesus. The number one thing that our kids need today is parents and caregivers who are actively pursuing Jesus. Because they're watching and they need parents who are modeling what it looks like to live a life of following Jesus. They need parents who are living a life of obeying Jesus. They need parents who are loving others and treating others as Jesus would, as their model, so that they are raised in a home where these things are modeled. The burning question of today is, as a parent, how are you helping your kids see a picture of someone who stands firm in their identity in Jesus regardless of the circumstance? How are your kids seeing a picture of Jesus when tragedy hits, when chaos happens, when bad things happen to your kids or your kid is part of something that you have to figure out or even just there's maybe things that are happening within your family unit? How are they seeing you walk with Jesus? How are they seeing you walk with Jesus in the everyday moments of life? Because you've heard it before, more is caught than taught. They're watching you, they're listening, and they're gonna catch how you live your life more than how you tell them to live their life. So how to stand firm in Jesus through parenting. Parents, your personal relationship with Jesus matters most. See, the most present father our Father, God, in heaven, sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be with us. He sent Jesus so that he could come to be with us. And Jesus came and he saw us. And he was fully human. He felt how we feel. He walked with us. He cried with us. He laughed with us. He engaged with us. He connected with our heart. And friends, when when we mocked him, he looked at us with compassion. And when we beat him, his heart broke with sorrow for our souls. And when he sacrificed his life for our life, he gave us a way to always have his presence in our lives. Because he died and rose again, and we receive, when we receive that gift, and have a personal relationship with Jesus, we get to have Jesus' presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit living within us. Jesus gave us an example and he modeled for us what it looks like to be present, to be with, to have relationship. Jesus came so we could have relationship, not to follow a bunch of rules of religion. And so friends, uh, raising your kids in church doesn't mean dropping them off at KidVenture or dropping them off at Oxygen. And those things are amazing. We pour tons of in financial investment, people investment, strategy and intentionality to come alongside and raise your kids 
as best we can to know Jesus, but raising your kids in church is not coming to church on Sunday. It's not dropping them off at KidVenture. It's not dropping them off at Oxygen, friends. It's you. (laughs) It's you modeling what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's me going home after a Sunday like this and becoming a parent that looks more like Jesus. What kids need to follow Jesus their whole life when they are outside of our homes is to see it modeled through our life. So parents and caregivers have the most amount of time with kids. That means they have the most amount of influence on them. Andy and Sandra Stanley, they just wrote a new parenting book and it's called Parenting, Getting It Right. So maybe they have a way to get it right. One of the several nuggets of pure wisdom is this. It's possible to be right and write your kid right out the door. Don't be content with being right. Relationships don't thrive on correction. Relationships thrive on connection. That's the difference. That's what I'm talking about. That's why Jesus came. That means that we have to shift our parenting from a bunch of rules to follow and following a religion to having a relationship with our kids. And we can do it. How to stand firm in Jesus through parenting. Number one, be present with your kids. Be present with your kids. In James 4.14, it says this, why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Super encouraging, right? (laughs) Here's what that means. I wanna unpack that for a second. What James is saying is, he's saying that we have no idea. We can't even fathom eternity. Eternity is forever. (laughs) And so when we look at our span of our life from the time we are born to the time that we die, and if we have a personal relationship with Jesus, we've invited him to our heart, And we spend eternity in heaven with him. Eternity is forever. And so when we look at that whole spectrum, James is saying our life here on earth is like that. It's nothing like eternity. What is that verse telling us today? It's telling us our time is limited on this earth. Our time is limited and we never really know when our last day will be. We never know when our kids' last day will be. Our time is limited. Friends, from birth birth to 18, Listen to this. We have 936 weeks with our kids. 936 weeks. We have 6,552 days. And we have 157,248 hours. And I know the reality is that probably about 50% of parents, have your kids 50% of that time. Our time is limited. But often the reality of our life, mine too, is like, how do I just get through today? (laughs) How do I make sure everybody lives? And we all wake up tomorrow. And there's a reality in that. But here's what I want you to hear today is that our time is limited with our kids. Every stage, every moment matters. And so what does it look like to be present with your kids? It means to decrease the distractions. Put away your phones. Look your kids in the eye. 
Connect with them. Play games together. I don't care what age your kids are. There are so many games. (laughs) You can play games at any age with your kids. Make that a part of your routine. And the most important thing is I will say, make sure, make sure, make sure you are enjoying a meal together regularly with your family. Not in front of the TV, around the table, not with phones. Get your phones away, get the devices away. TV's not on in the background. Sit at your table, undistracted. Make it a priority. And I know there's tons of activities. Maybe your family eats at 7 p.m. because you have to sit around a table. Because when you sit and enjoy a meal together, you are modeling what Jesus did with his closest people. And why do you think he did that? Why do you think he gathered around a meal with the people who were following him closest to because he wanted to be in relationship with them? He wanted to connect with them. He wanted to hear from them. Some simple things you can do around the table is you can ask what's your high, what's your low of this week or this day? A few months ago, we bought this package of uh, cards and it was every kid's moment and it just has a bunch of questions for kids. And I thought, well, it might be a flop, but we'll give it a try. And I started asking these questions and our eight-year-old son, Ian, he just started craving it. He loved it. And then he said, hey, when we go on that road trip and when we go to the lake, can we bring those cards with? Yes. (laughs) So if you don't know how to connect with your kid, that's okay. Sometimes we need help and we need resources. Look online and get some cards that can help you with some questions. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Are you making the most of every opportunity with your kid at their stage and age of life? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And so ask yourself, what do I need to change to be more present with my kids? What do I need to change to be more present with my kids? Maybe you need to set some limits with technology as parents, because the reason why kids like to be on technology is because we like to be on technology. Okay, maybe you need to set some limits. Maybe you need to pick activities that require engagement. When I'm tired and exhausted, I do this way too much. I'm like, movie night. (laughs) And I make it fun and do popcorn, and that's good. And do that every once in a while, but that's not engagement. I should be saying, let's do games, let's play games. How about you? What are the activities you can do that require engagement? I've heard from a couple families who have teenagers and unsolicited, didn't ask about this, it just came in conversation over the last several months and they said, get a hot tub. And they said, because when you get a hot tub, uh, you get to just sit and talk with your teenagers and it's so special and it's so life-giving. And so I told Kyle, the one thing that I learned from our Four Walls series is get a hot tub. (laughs) We're going to put it in our budget. And I would say, uh, if you have teenagers, get a hot tub if you can pay cash for it. Totally different, different sermon. We'll talk about that later. If you can pay cash, get a hot tub. But there are other things that you can do where it's like you, the only option you have is to be engaged with each other. As it gets nicer, go fishing, you know, go out. 
and do things, uh, go out in the woods where there's no technology and you can engage with your kids. How to stand firm in Jesus through parenting. Be present with your kids. Number two, be present with Jesus. And I know you're so disappointed parents because you're like, dang, I thought this was gonna be like, here's how to parent your teenagers. Here's how to parent your toddlers. Here's how to parent your babies. Sorry, parents, this is all about you. It's not about your kid. It's not about your kid, it's about you. And it's about who you are as a parent in your home. Be present with your kids. And number two, be present with Jesus. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Be the fruit of the Spirit, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. So take a second. And like, this is the bar. This is the bar of living like Jesus, right here. What you're reading, what you're looking at, what I just said, that's the bar. And you know what that bar is? That bar isn't willpower. You didn't will your power to love that much. You didn't figure out the best strategy to have that much peace. You invited Jesus into your life and into your heart and you started living by the spirit of Jesus in you. And he gave you love and kindness and gentleness and joy and peace and self-control. Your personal relationship with Jesus matters most, first and foremost, because when you're close to Jesus, you're gonna live with those fruits of the Spirit. And all of those come from surrendering your will to God's will each and every day in every circumstance. And when you live under the authority of Jesus, you can have self-control. And I'm gonna talk specifically to co-parents, blended families. And I personally do not have this story. I've not been through this journey. I do not know what it's like to parent with four people not living under the same roof or more. I don't know what that's like. And I can't imagine the challenges. I can't imagine even the scheduling and all the things that are wrapped in that. But here's what I wanna tell you today, is I wanna tell you that when you're living by the Spirit, you have the self-control not to throw your co-parent under the bus in front of your kids. And not all of you do that, but I've heard from friends and I've heard from people over the years who are in that circumstance who that just breaks their family. And honestly, it breaks the kids because you're putting the kids in the middle of something they shouldn't be in the middle of because it wasn't their choice. And so do your best because you can only control you. And the other thing I wanna say is friends, it's never too late. It's never too late for you to follow Jesus and to become a parent who honors the co-parent, who honors the people in the blended family. It's never too late for you to pray for those people to be connected to Jesus because God's power is bigger and greater than your power. And he can do anything with a heart and a soul that's available and willing. And so you can do it, we can do it, and we can support each other along the way. Parents, you'll act with kindness towards your kids when they make mistakes, lovingly coming alongside to help them learn and move forward. 
You'll have gentleness. When your child is hurting, maybe physically or emotionally, you're gonna help them notice where Jesus is. You know, our kids have a hard time at night still. They get scared and anxious sometimes when it's dark or just at night. And, and I just started saying to Ian, I said, Jesus is always with you. He's made a personal decision to follow Jesus. And I remind him of that decision that he made. And I say, when you made that decision, Jesus came into your heart and he's always with you. He will never leave you. So you might still feel scared. You might still feel anxious, but I want you to know you're never alone. You will never, ever, ever be alone because Jesus is always with you. There's a gentleness that we can have when we have a love and we know that Jesus is in us. When your identity with Jesus is secure, you can navigate the tensions of parenting differently. You can seek your child's heart, find out how they're feeling and and connect with them versus powering up and just yelling at them and saying, do this or do that or I told you to do that. You can learn how to connect with their heart. That's something that Kyle and I, um, uh, we're learning how to do and we're trying to figure out how to do that, how to emotionally connect with our kids and it's hard, it's new for us, it's challenging. One of the things yesterday actually, I was coaching Ian's basketball team and I noticed that for him like he's a hustler so he'll run up and down the court and he's a great shooter so he can shoot well but when it comes to rebounding like he'll stand underneath he's the tallest one out there a shocker husband six nine um he'll stand out there and the ball will like come and basically like drop right in front of him but he just won't go after it he's not he just won't go after it and so this happened and as he came running by the bench I was standing on the bench Uh, I said, Ian, grab the ball, grab the ball. (laughs) And he's like, okay, mom, okay, okay. (laughs) And so then uh, later that night, we were, I was putting him to bed and he has one of those kid basketball hoops. And so we were shooting hoops in his room against his door and we're having a contest. And I said, hey buddy, I just noticed that regularly, like you're really having a hard time going after the ball and going to grab the ball and being, being aggressive there. I said, can you just tell me like, how are you feeling or kind of what's going on? And friends, he started getting tears in his eyes. And he said, mom, I just like, when everybody gets so crowded and gets like right in there, I get this queasy feeling inside. And I'm like, okay. Do you feel anxious and nervous when everybody starts to kind of come close? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Well, you just keep, you keep practicing it and just know like you're not alone. God is with you in that anxiousness and it might not go away, but over time it will. But it's like, I don't, I don't do that enough, friends. I don't do that enough. But when I connect with his heart, I can see what's really going on and why it's so hard for him maybe to do that. And so... What I'm saying is get the coach's hat off and get the parenting heart on. And let's ask ourselves, do I care more about behavior modification or caring with their heart or connecting with their heart? Do I care more about behavior modification or connecting with my kid's heart? It's hard. It's so hard. But we can do it with Jesus. Because Jesus connects with our heart. And when we allow Jesus to connect with our heart, we can do it with our kids. 
Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7 says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. See, the number one priority for you parents, again, is that you have a thriving relationship with Jesus. The scripture from Deuteronomy, it came in a time where God had given the 10 commandments to Moses. And then he was saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then impress these things onto your kids and do it in your everyday life. Like when you're walking along the road and when you're just doing everyday life, let the pursuit that you have of Jesus and the love that you have for God flow out of you to your kids. Because if you aren't filling with Jesus, there's nothing of Jesus to pour out to your kids. Kyle will write notes to each of our kids and he'll tell them how much he loves them. He'll call out the unique characteristics and abilities that God has given them. And he reminds them how much we love them as, our, as their parents and how much Jesus loves them. When you're in the car, talk to your kids about how to treat other people what they can do to serve others or love others. When you're bringing them to practice, talk about how to be a great teammate, how to honor God in their actions and words, how to honor authority even when they don't agree. It's your role as parents to teach your kids how to do that, to honor their coaches, to honor the referees. That means you have to stop yelling at the refs. It's not a great model. Parents, you can't call up the coach when your kid doesn't get playing time. That's not a great model. We're not modeling Jesus, okay? That was a tangent. Maybe not from the Bible, but it ties in. Let's grow up, parents. All right, how to stand up for others who are being treated unfairly. Do that while you're in the car with your kids. Most every night I tell Isabel, it's the last thing I do before I leave her room. I whisper in her ear and I say, you are brave and you are beautiful on the inside and the outside. Mommy loves you, daddy loves you, Ian loves you, and Jesus will always be with you. And I took a deep breath last night after I got done with that and she says, amen. Because <laughs> she knows that I say that to her every night because I want that impressed on her heart as she grows into a young woman that she knows who she is in Jesus because of the words and the prayers that have been spoken into her. Be a prayer warrior. Pray out loud with your kids all the time. It's gonna be uncomfortable at first, especially if you come from like Catholic Lutheran background. I grew up Catholic. The first time I prayed out loud, I was shaking so hard, you would have thought I was having a panic attack. <laughs> Look at me now. So I'm telling you, even if it's awkward, pray out loud with your kids. Moms and dads, there's nothing more special that your kids can hear than your voice talking to God on their behalf. And I have a really good friend, Jen, who is a prayer warrior for her kids. And year after year, I have heard God answer her prayers for her kids. Did you hear that? Year after year, God doesn't answer our prayers right away. He answers them in little pieces. Be a prayer warrior for your kids. Here's a great resource that we can all use. It's called ParentQ, it's free. I wanna encourage you to download this app. 
You can do that now or take a picture now so you can download it later. When you put your kid's specific age, birth through 18, when you put your kids in there in your profile, then every single day you have access to tools and resources for your kid's exact development stage. And it's tools and resources on how to help raise them to know Jesus. What to do in the morning, what to say at mealtime, what to do at bedtime, what to do during the day. And it's specific to your kid's age. So I wanna encourage you to download that. I wanna say thank you for giving to Prairie Heights because you give financially to Prairie Heights. We are able to give hard copy Parent Q books out to parents here at Prairie Heights so that we can partner with parents to raise our kids to know Jesus. So thank you for your giving. I believe there's no better place to give than the local church. I believe in what we're doing here at Prairie Heights so your investment matters. And I encourage you, if you're not giving yet, to start giving. Look what God's doing around here. It's incredible. Ask yourself, what's one step I can take to be with Jesus more often? It starts with you, friends. It starts with you. You are the head of your households. You are the leaders in your households. When you talk about your four walls, when you start, others will start. When you begin to model it, that doesn't mean getting it perfect. Remember, 50%, 50%. (laughs) When you start trying to pursue Jesus, when you start trying to read your Bible more often and doing it with other people, when you awkwardly pray out loud, like you're doing it and you're modeling it and over time, your kids and your family are gonna begin to practice pursuing Jesus together. So what are the two ways that we learn to stand firm in Jesus through parenting? Be present with your kids, be present with Jesus. So as we end our four walls, I wanted us to close with communion. And why did I want us to do that? I wanted us to do that because throughout these last six weeks, seventh week today, I believe that every single one of us, if you chose it, if you chose to be available, I believe God spoke to you some way. And I believe that there was a specific challenge that he put right in front of your face, something that only you can work on. And I wanna invite you to release whatever might be holding you back from getting closer to Jesus today. And so I wanted us to receive communion as a way to release and give control over to the thing or the person that might be getting more headspace and heart space than Jesus so that we could release that at the feet of Jesus. And we can say, Jesus, help us. I wanna let this go and I wanna pick you up, Jesus. And I want you to be the center of my heart and my home. And so there's a blank sheet of paper on, on your chair. You don't have to put your name on it at all. It's meant to be anonymous. And I just want you to write the thing you wanna release, the thing or the person that you need to release today. And when you get up to receive communion, you can drop it off in a bucket. We're gonna look through those just to pray through them and pray over you. And for you, it's just a symbol of saying, God, I give this to you. I'm gonna let it go. From this day forward, I'm releasing this to you and I'm asking you for your help. I want us to ask God to help us build his house in your house? What does it look like to ask God to help you build his house in your house? Luke 6, 48 says, it is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. So what does communion look like at Prairie Heights? Communion at Prairie Heights looks like we have gluten-free options available at each station. We always use non-alcoholic grape juice. 
There's no pressure to participate in communion. You do not need to be a part, member of Prairie Heights or any particular church. You are invited to participate if you're a follower of Jesus. We're gonna have four stations right up here and Prairie Heights leaders are gonna come forward and they're gonna serve communion. So the four stations are for those on the floor. There's three stations up above and so those in the risers and those up above, there's one station there and two in the middle and you'll have to navigate your way to those. If you're watching online, you can grab bread, cracker, chip, a glass of water or juice so that you can participate with us. So our verse, Luke 6, 48, Let's be people who build a house, who stand firm, no matter what happens, that we're gonna be firm in our identity in Jesus. So when you bring, uh, the band's gonna play a song here in just a moment, and when they do, you can, at your own time, bring up your sheet of paper. You do not have to bring up a sheet of paper. You can just come and receive communion either way. And when you receive communion and when you receive the elements, it represents our belief that Jesus gave his body so that we could have life. And we remember that our sins are forgiven by the blood that he shed in his death. And when we receive communion, we remember Jesus' sacrifice and listen in, we receive his full grace. His full grace covers all of our sin, past, present. So may his grace fill you as you receive communion today. And as we receive that, we can walk out with a spiritual strength that can help us to love and to lead like Jesus. So let's receive communion now together. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.